0: Welcome! You're listening to Get to the Point with Callie Kleeman. Thanks for joining me today for episode number eight with Jackson Bahe. 2020 is absolutely a roller coaster and at SAB we are on our second round of quarantine, trying to keep our community healthy and safe. Thankfully I have Gigi here with me in week, suite, just the two of us, and my parents sent loads of our grocery favorites and SAB classes have been continuing online. On a fun note, we got to preview the first episode of the Disney Plus series, On Point, through the DOC NYC Film Festival. And you can, too, by visiting their website before November 19th and purchasing a ticket for about $13 with tax. Otherwise, you'll be able to catch all six episodes on Disney Plus on December 18th. Tyler Rose, who was featured on week four of the podcast, and Dominika and Sam are followed to their hometowns of the very first episode of On Point. The crew also highlights some of the children division students and the history of the school. It was so fun to watch and I can't wait for everyone to see it. So, let me welcome you to the podcast you listen to to make the most of your pre-pro journey. But first, a word from our sponsor. This episode is sponsored by my friends at Clear Smiles in Texas. It's that time for you to start preparing for auditions and new headshots are sure to be in the lineup. Make sure your smile is ready for a close up with Zoom Whitening Trays from Clear Smiles. With a quick and painless appointment to take your 3D scans of your teeth, your trays are ready in no time, and their pros explain how to whiten your smile at home with the easy treatments. I'm so thankful for my Clear Smiles tray, and I can absolutely tell a big difference after using their system. It's brightened my smile and made coffee and tea stains disappear. If you're in the Dallas or Houston area and need either Invisalign or teeth whitening, they make it easy to get close up ready. A quick disclaimer, this podcast is owned and operated by me. It does not represent the views or opinions of any of the schools or companies that my guest or I have attended or are currently associated with. Jackson, welcome to Get to the Point.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm so excited. Let's get into it.
0: So we need to start by talking about how we met. We met at Allison, (laughs) but one of us doesn't remember the other.
1: Yes, that is true.
0: (laughs) Um, so I actually remember, I saw you in a partnering class because Mr. Ellison lined us up and came up and was, like, picking out partners, and we had tried this lift after everyone was, like, getting partnered up, and I was really scared. I don't even know what it's called. It's, like, one of those where you lean back and one leg is up and one leg's back.
1: Oh, like a, it's like a press. Yeah, it's just, it's just another press
0: yeah but it, it's like more scary because your head's like
1: yes because your head is all the way back looking um like behind and yeah. upside down you're basically upside down your head is anyway yeah
0: but then your like leg is straight up and you exactly do that and i was just really scared so i remember i actually i did it with Esoc and i don't know if i had done something wrong or he had done something on we were just both learning and you had been partnered up with me to like spot and i yeah fallen backwards and i literally fell like into your arms and you had (laughs) because like i i just like and that's it that's
1: the end of the story
0: (laughs) and jackson doesn't remember this and years later i'm telling him this story and he's like well i don't remember that
1: I don't, and I honestly, any guys who are watching this who have been to summer intensives, I think they will agree with me because in those partnering classes, there's so many girls, and sometimes you just don't remember. Yeah, no, I, my account, I, I remember Callie, I, I remember her being at the intensive, but I don't remember, I don't remember that specific moment, and I didn't. Yeah, just <laughs> in general, yeah, but. um yeah, well, I mean that. Okay, so that's how we initially met, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, and then, um, I would say a year goes by, or was it? Yeah, it was a year, yeah, was a year, year and by. a half, right? Because it was yep. to to the next summer, right? So it's about a year and a half. Um, and we're I go to a SAB audition for the summer program in Dallas, and. Um, I get there, I'm just warming up or whatever, and right before I go into the studio, the other group is coming out, and lo and behold, the blonde haired goddess herself, Miss Callie Kleeman, walks out and just kind of taps me on the shoulder and is like, Hey and I was like and it just like instantly hit me, I was like, Oh my goodness. I was like, That's Callie. I was like, Hey like in the moment, but I'm and that's the funny thing is is I was wired in walking in to the yeah. studio, right? Cause you're focused. Cause you're about the audition starts as you meet, as you're walking in, right? It's not when the music starts. It's when you're walking in, it's how you hold yourself. Thing is You have to remember that. That is so important. The way that you carry yourself, you could be cut before the music even turns on just from the way that you carry yourself because people want to see that confidence. People want to see what you have and they want to see your personality, you know, because at the end of the day, that, that that's what's going to sell those tickets.
0: Mr. Ballantine, he didn't watch past Pliés, and he could choose the company members, you know?
1: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, so then after that, after I did my audition, then I had sent Callie a message, just kind of reconnecting and being like, hey. Yeah, because it was only just that one little interaction. We didn't get to stop and talk because I had to go audition. And And then she sent me a message back and I was like, oh my goodness, like, and now we're having this whole conversation or whatever. And then that night I was like, hey, do you want to FaceTime? And we'll just, because it it takes a long time to type out just paragraphs. I mean, when you haven't seen somebody for a year and a half, it's just a lot to type all that. And so we we FaceTime and talk.
0: I can't remember someone either.
1: Wow. (laughs) I love it. Uh, So then we FaceTime, and and honestly, I feel like I should let her take over this perspective of the story, because her side of this part is really funny.
0: Oh god, that was so embarrassing. I remember, like, I was so tired after the SAV audition, and I had come home, I, I was, like, literally, I've always been such a grandma at night. Like, I joke with my parents. I'm, like, i going to bed at 9 o'clock, parents. Like, I'll see you in the morning. Like, they always just joke with me because I'm always, like, icing my feet. And that night he had called me. I had, like, a mud mask on my face. <laughs> <laughs> just like all over, it was like spots, like it was a spot treatment, and he had called me to talk about the SAB audition, and I was like, am I really gonna answer the phone like this? Okay. And so then like I just answered the phone with like this, like disgusting mud on my face, and he's like, hey, and I, it just, the rest is history.
1: Yeah, it really just, it, from there it just evolved into many okay. like, FaceTime calls into just talking about dance and me and Kelly became really close through honestly just through FaceTime like it's 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 pretty crazy what what you can learn about a person just through tech like that
0: absolutely and just having like the same experiences to be able to like talk to someone that Mm -hmm. shares what you're going through was really cool absolutely yeah so how did your dance journey begin?
1: I would say that a lot of the normal path is like going through jazz, modern, classes like that. And then what happens is dancers usually find which style they like the most and go into doing that pretty much. Um, if they want to pursue, we're only talking in terms of pursuing dance as like a career, right? Um, so I was a competition ballroom dancer I did I specialized in Latin dancing um, and I got very heavy into competing after a while and when I was 13 I won my first youth national title Um, I was in Utah I remember that and it was a big moment for my ballroom career Um, and then ballroom is very heavily political right and so I I knew that what it would take to win every year would be to, to not only work, but to get in with judges. And that's a harsh reality about the dance world sometimes is that it, a lot of it can be just politics is what will, what will end up taking the cake for you. Um, and so after I did that, um, I did win the same title again when I was 14. And then 15, when I turned 15 and going into that competition season, because the, 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 the last United States like national uh, title is given out at the end of the season. Right. And so you work up and you get noticed at all the other competitions and then you eventually get your, you get your win at the big one at the end of the year. Well, Knowing that the politics were not in my in my favor, I was not winning the same comps that I thought I would. Um, I actually trained um, with ballet. I tried it for the first time. My partner at the girl at the time, her name was um, Ashley, um, and we were training together every day. And she said to me, "Hey, I'm going to take this ballet class. Um, would you like to join me?" I was like, "Sure, right." And I should preface this by saying that my mother was a ballerina, actually. She's thin, she's tall, and she she loved ballet, but she did not want to live ballet, right? But she knew. She knows everything to this day. And sometimes it's an advantage, sometimes it's a it's a curse. Any of those kids out there that have moms that was that were in dance, they know. Those moms when you go out you take you come off stage and your mom's like, You could have done that entree better <laughs> oh my goodness some people get flowers some people get corrections (laughs) like that's really how it goes sometimes but um so I I I go to the class right and I remember I I did that typical I wore shorts like Nike shorts and like socks right like because I didn't know anything uh I go in and we're taking the class and it was the hardest thing that I think I've ever done like physically, it was the hardest thing i I was out of breath. I was not flexible at the time, like it just hurt everything just hurt so bad um and not to mention that ballroom t- technique is actually not not just different but opposite of ballet technique. You want your hips open, you don't want them square, you want to move them in circular patterns. you don't like really want to move your hips at all in ballet like um, and so after taking that class and trying to do my first double tour and things like that I was like holy crap like this is so difficult how did I not know this was here so I kept going to the classes and I just want to say that the studio that I went to shameless plug for my home studio Uptown Dance Center it was um, run by Beth Gulledge Brown she's a great artistic director I love working with her and honestly she's She had become like a second mom to me. Um, And it was just another like small ballet studio, right? They had a small company, a small professional company. Um, But it was a small studio and they really had, as time went on, I came to find out that they really took me in and really nurtured me um, and just really helped me out, right? So I continued taking classes and for a short while there, I was doing ballroom and ballet at the same time. And what I found was that my ballroom, like in strength and simplicity, became so much stronger. I think that no matter what you do, that's why football players, that's why so many other people train in ballet and why they find it as such a big building block, is because no matter what, you will build that strength, you will build that technique, and it will make you better at whatever you do. Yeah, Like, your body will just become, honestly, you will go beast mode. Like, you'll go ballet mode. (laughs) I mean, for real. Um,
0: Well, I mean, and not to mention the fact, like, I was talking to someone about this earlier. Ballet is just an art form that is absolutely so unattainable. But that's what brings us to the studio every single day. Because we know we're not going to get there. But it's almost like the internal battle of, like, how close can we get? You know, it's the, the pursuit. Yeah. We
1: love the chase. We love yes. the chase and it drives us to come back for more. Exactly. Because honestly, honestly, that's life. Like we want what we can't have. Yeah. And and you know what? And you know what it ends up being is the person who's the best at at ballet, I should say the best in quotations, right? Because mm-hmm. obviously, obviously it's all opinionated, but those people who you look up to, they're just further along in the pursuit and <laughs> I mean, that's just what it is like, but it's, it really is that it's the, we, we want what we can't have. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and I mean, you starting ballet at 15 and coming from like this world of like, at, in ballroom, you can get scored. You are scored. There's like a, yes.
1: Per- in competition. Yes.
0: Yeah. yeah. And then coming to this where it's like, you can be scored, but it's, it's a different scoring process that is like so opinionated and varies from like each judge you know what i mean
1: and you don't even unless i this is competitions excluded because i i know we 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 need to get to competitions at at, at some point because there was a crossover where i went kind of crazy with competitions in ballet but um in, in ballroom there's like with competition in ballet a set aside for the, the moment um you don't get a paperback that says this was your score in this, this was your score in this, this was your score in this. And that was difficult for me when I switched over to ballet. Um, I mean, it, it it's just such a change in pace. And I felt with that transition, I felt just kind of beat down a lot because also you have to remember I started at, 15 15, late 15 early 16 it was I usually just say 16 because it was literally like a month that I was 15 when doing it and it just makes it easier for me to round through the years um I'm 20 now
0: I mean that's crazy like thinking starting ballet at 16 I mean I'm 17 and I've been doing ballet since I was 10 and people are like what 10 you started so late
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. I know. Yeah, that catch-up game is brutal.
0: Oh, I'm sure. And we've talked about it. Like, you still feel with, like, some things that you... Yes,
1: I do. I do. I definitely... Even even after the transition into my professional career, um, I still feel that there are, like, tiny gaps in my technique. I mean, there's just little things that you... Teachers... I mean, if you started in baby ballet one, obviously you were told, you've probably been told every little like, all right, you need to have your fingers like this, you need to have your hands like this, right? There's these pathways. But when you start at when when you start at like sixteen, it's it they expect you to know so much more. Yeah. And a lot of my a lot of my early career was me just watching. Like it was just watching and just basically watching what other people did, right? And getting yeah. getting getting corrections from my coaches. But a lot of those things are just things that you pick up over the years that you just – they're ingrained in you. And you have yeah. to, like, relearn – you have to not relearn, but you have to put them, put them in your body and learn them some way because your teacher's not going to come over to you and be like, this is how you're supposed to do it at 16 yeah. years old. <laughs> I
0: mean, I can't imagine how overwhelming that must have been for you. Yeah, it
1: was – I mean, I would say that those early years are just so, they were so difficult. And I still recognize those as the hardest part of my career so far, even though I've just started my actual professional career, I would say that that was one of the hardest things. And I just struggled so much. And a lot of the struggle came not just from the physical aspect, like having to push my body to be more flexible because I didn't grow into that flexibility. I had to like get it at that point in time mm-hmm. but the the main struggle a lot of it was the the lack of experience I mean going to a summer intensive where you're put into a higher level because of your age than the other guys being so much better than you especially those early years it's just like it, it both pulled me down, like physically, I mean, mentally, emotionally, just like in those ways, it pulled me down. But also, I would say that it pushed me up more. Mm -hmm. Because, because I mean, it, what it does is it forces you to, you you have two options, you either fall by the wayside, and you don't, you don't get it, or you fight, you fight, and you, and you, you push to catch up, because you have no choice. You have no choice but to cut, catch up, and and then and then after you've caught up, congratulations. Now you get to start work. Yeah. Now, now you've started, right? Now yeah. you're now you're where you're su- supposed to be. All right. So now you want to be you want to be above average. All right. Now your work has begun. Congratulations. All that that meant pretty much nothing because everybody else is already there. We were just waiting for you. And no, they weren't waiting for you, you know, so.
0: (laughs) Well, I mean, even just like going back, how did you decide that ballet was something you wanted to do? Like, did you see a video of someone? Did you, were you just in class and you were like, wait, I want to do this? Like, how did you realize that you could do that for a profession?
1: So (laughs) that's a funny question because I think that, I think that, Stereotypically, and I want to talk about guy. Just I'm going to talk from the male perspective exclusively here. Is I feel like there's a lot of guys who see these other guys on Instagram. They do crazy turns. They do crazy tricks, right? Because that is a big part of male ballet. And they were like, they were hooked because of that aspect. And I didn't actually know that any of that existed. I didn't know what a double tour was. I didn't know what a 540 was. I didn't know that that was a thing. I didn't know that that was a big proponent of boys in ballet. I came to find out it. I mean, I found that out later. Right. But what I found for me, it was, it was, this is harder than what I'm doing. It was harder than ballroom. I mean, it could have been also because I had been doing ballroom. So it became easier, obviously, but it was so much harder. And I just felt an overwhelming respect for the people who did it. And I was like, if I'm not doing the most difficult like physically demanding, difficult form of dance, then I I don't want it. And and don't get me wrong, it wasn't just because it was hard that I was like, I have to be, I have to go in and do it, right? It was, I have a, a dying passion, like a die-hard die passion for ballet. I love it.
0: Do you, you think that started from your first ballet class though?
1: From the very first class? Um, i'm trying to think back because i think
0: like for you you just went into it so aggressively and like here i am i'm going for it like there i don't think there was a moment that you like ever hesitated or was like
1: yeah there i i could probably yeah i would say that there wasn't i mean i'm trying to think back to that day and i mean that's how i would definitely agree with that because i mean i did go i went I went in full charge, like guns a blazing. Was like, all right, let's do this thing. And I would say, but I would say the flipping point, the true ultimate flipping point, was when I quit ballroom for ballet because that was a hard, very hard decision. And it was, it was because I was doing pre de lasan. I was prepping for the pre de twenty eighteen. I want to say.
0: Yeah.
1: Um and. To be honest, and here's here's funny. Here's what's funny about that.
0: Started like ballet, right?
1: It was literally two years of ballet, thinking that I was going to go to pre, right? On two (laughs) years of ballet, right? And and that was, I mean, looking back now, I'm like, I was insane for thinking that that was going to happen. Which I mean, obviously, as you could probably tell, you could probably infer from how I'm speaking about it that I did not end up going to pre 2018, but. It, it made me realize and I think that competitions can be good in that way because I know there is a big debate between competitions and like if they're good, bad, like how how kids in competitions um, feel about it and whatnot, but I think that that, would, that was what it did for me. Was it? I was like, all right, I'm ready to – this is it. This is it for me. And you know what? I've never looked back and I don't regret it because I found so much more fulfillment in myself and I feel like this is where, this was my true calling. Um, it was also good teachers and good, good people who helped guide me and made me realize my potential for ballet. I think that that was a big, a big proponent of the competitions and, and my training. Um, Did you but yeah?
0: when you quit Ballroom that you could do ballet professionally in a company? Like, had that I mean, had I did,
1: yes, yes, um, because I mean, I had always grown up knowing who Baryshnikov was, as okay. many people, as many people do, yes, I did know company life was a thing, I knew you could get paid, mm-hmm. um, it was, it, it was, it was about making it my life, here's what I'll tell you, is I didn't know what ABT was, yeah. I didn't know what New York City Ballet was, what's funny about the dynamic that me and Callie have and we've had many long discussions about this is it's funny because I I didn't know who many of these like Skylar Brandt right yeah as an example Isabella Boylson I didn't know who these people were and I would tell Callie would be like oh did you see what Isabella did or what this person that person did and I'd be like I don't know who that is. And she would be like, are you kidding me?
0: (laughs) i am like, how do you not know these dancers? You need some, like, people to look up to. But I think (laughs) it just comes down to the fact that you were just so in it for yourself that your eyes were on the prize, and you were just so focused. And I think I was always like, look around, you know what I mean?
1: (laughs) That's actually so true, you know? Uh, And I'm glad you said that. That's that's so true because I never thought about that. But yeah, it it wasn't me looking at other people being like, I want to be them. It's not about being someone else. It's about being yourself and finding who you are as a dancer. Because I think that's a big thing that people miss these days. They look up to those idols and they don't say, I want to dance like them. They go, I want to be them. And you know what? There's only one Isabella, there's only one James, there's only one Skylar. It's not, that's not what it's about, you know? You need to to dance who you are and you need to find that because I mean companies look for that. They're not looking for the next Isabella, they're looking for the next you.
0: I think the most important thing about going into a year-round audition or auditions in general is to be showcasing your own uniqueness. And not hiding that to look to conform to the standards or, you know, like the norms of ballet, because that's what it's about. It's about finding your own uniqueness and showing that, showing the light from within. You know, I mean, SAB says it all the time. They're not looking for another one, they're looking for like a light and a twinkle in the eye. If you can remember that you are amazing the way you are, then I think you're gonna go a lot, a lot further. But the other thing is, I think it's like a different perspective of me growing up doing ballet, and you like, you're kind of already grown at 16, you know what I mean? Like, I I feel like as a young kid I was always like, oh my gosh, like that's Svetlana Zakharva. Like I, I would go on YouTube and I would search all the the, the like the Vaganova method exams or I would just be always watching ballet videos on YouTube and I think that is what like opened my eyes and I was like oh my gosh I don't want to be them but I want to be like them I want to be in their positions you know what I mean yeah <laughs> so like, like the day in the life of a ballet dancer I was like oh my gosh like I. Want that. you know what I mean so I think that's yeah, just like a different perspective like growing up Doing mm-hmm. ballet starting it from like so little, because it's yeah. not as serious when you're starting it so much younger. Like you went into it at the height of like where it gets ser- really, really, really serious for everyone.
1: Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> definitely. Um, but and and that's funny that you say that because I the way that you were kind of like my eyes were open from a very young age. I felt like I th- I think that my eyes were very much closed to the ballet world. And I was just focused in doing ballet. I wasn't focused in looking at what other people were doing. And, and I didn't know, because I mean, also that was part of it. I just didn't know, right? Yeah. And I mean, you, it, it was par- partially just because at a small studio, like the other kids didn't really look at that. And it, I was obviously one of the older boys. And so the younger boys are looking to me And that was the funny thing is they're looking to me, but some of these younger boys have better technique than I do, right? (laughs) It was like, it was really like, it it was a bizarre sight. I'll tell you that.
0: (laughs) So complicated. Yeah. Well, but so how did you like decide to start auditioning for summer intensives where your teacher's like, okay, like we think you can start doing this. Like, how did you know about Ellison Ballet or Houston Ballet. Well, you lived in Houston,
1: so So that's funny because the last question we were just talking about how my eyes were so closed. Well, in the opening of them, obviously ballet Instagram can be very overwhelming. There's a lot of it. There's a lot of trends. There's a lot of there's a lot of pirouette videos. You guys all know. Everyone that's listening, like you guys all know about (laughs) all the the ballet world on Instagram well I straight up saw dancers like uh, I want to say teenager yeah I'd say teenager like that that that's 15 through 18 demographic I saw uh, them and they would tag Ellison and I saw Ellison and I, I somehow found my way to their page right and I did some research and looked at their program i looked at where it was at and i looked at the dancers who had been there the dancers who had come from the program and i i was hooked i was like these people are raw and you know what i'll tell you this Willison ballet is one of the most raw programs in the united states of america they are raw that's, that's honestly the best way I can describe it.
0: Define raw. Like, what do you mean by that?
1: Like, they, it's, it's tough. It is very rigorous. The, yes. just like all, they go all day. And you know what it is? It's a, it's a ballet all day. You may have like one or two. And I'm speaking from the guys. Um, I just want to preface that as, again, for my personal schedule, I was – they call it advanced. There's only two men groups, junior, and then it was advanced. Um, but it, it's just ballet, and I think that if you're looking to go – if you want to go the distance in ballet, I think that their program is one that you should check out because um, it is very – they they put the intense in intensive, and it teaches a lot of respect and a lot of discipline. And it, it's good training, and it was very – it was very tough, but I grew so much from that summer, and I will be so grateful to um, Ellison for like the rest of my career for that because I think that they definitely were a key proponent in me getting a job of, um, yeah. last season.
0: Well, I think it's really interesting that you're like you see these people on Instagram and it's like wow, like that's really hard, and then you're like you see how hard it is, and you like go. <laughs>
1: that's i think that's the root that's that's at the root of every single ballet dancer
0: yeah right
1: any of any of those and i think that everyone would relate would relate to that is like you see that hard step and you're like you don't go oh man i could never do that it's I'm, all right
0: gonna, i'm going gonna, to i'm saying i did that yeah yeah exactly right yeah. and i
1: mean if you're not already doing that i yeah, that's the mentality to have because I guarantee you that kid that can do that one extra turn or do that one extra thing is always attacking those new steps.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Well, going just like going back to Allison, it was from the perspective on the girls' side. I, uh, I mean, it was very, very rigorous and challenging. I mean, Hani and I talked about this a little bit last week but we would be on our lunch break and that would be the first time we had sat down like the whole entire day. And I yeah. remember like sitting there eating food and then being like, okay, gotta get my pointers back on, like ready to go. And I will say something that I'm so grateful for Ellison is that um, I had done the variation workshop and even during like the normal intensive, we had done this, we had learned so many variations And we would learn them really quickly, and then they'd be, like, one by one. And that was so overwhelming and nerve-wracking for me at first.
1: It's scary.
0: Yes, it's so scary. And everyone in that room is so good. It's just so intimidating. And I remember, like, just, like, kind of, like, holding back and being, like, okay, I'm going to go in the middle. Maybe uh, maybe I'll go at the end. You know, I just remember that, like, internal battle of, like, this is so Mm -hmm. scary. But it's something that teaches you. It's, like... It, it's like someone just giving you a shove, you know, and it you yeah. know that, you know, and a couple weeks into the intensive, one of my friends, McKenna, she had been like, she she was always going first, and I really admired that about her. And I'm always like a person that needs to marinate in a variation, and once I do, I feel a lot better about it. But we mm-hmm. had learned a variation, and she was just always going first, and so I was like, you know. I am gonna go first today. I am gonna face my fears and see what happens.
1: Yes. You know?
0: So I remember like being like, hey, McKenna, like, can I go first? And that was like such a big moment for me and it really helped me with my confidence. Like, still to this day, if a teacher's like, go, actually, just recently, like last two weeks ago, we were in the studio and there was only five of us and they asked us to go one by one. And it's just that scary moment of like oh my gosh do I know the combination but now Mm -hmm. I'm like I may not know the combination fully but I'm gonna go for it because that's what you gotta do you know what I mean and I think that yeah I mean Ellison like changed my confidence level and just like helped me because that's what you're gonna need when you're auditioning or even like Like, just in the studio, you need to be able to have that confidence. You know what I mean?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, you're going to have to go do that variation, or you're going to have to run on stage. And you know what will help with that is going first. If you're scared of something in ballet or whatever, honestly, in life, you should challenge it head on. Because you know what? The only way that you will get better at it is through that straight-up adversity and just pushing toward pushing past that resistance and just going for it
0: I think that's one thing that Ellison really teaches you they like yes it's almost like it's so intense that it's like sometimes scary at times but it's that shove like here you go here you are let's, let's do it now you know like yeah. it's on you you're not looking at anyone to be like oh my god what's this variation like I can't remember this step no it's on you
1: yeah for sure
0: so yeah yeah um, other summer intensives, Houston Ballet. How did you, did you like always realize that Houston Ballet was there or?
1: So I grew up in Houston. So I've lived in Houston. I grew up in Houston, um, and Uptown dances in Houston. I lived 10 minutes from Houston Ballet. And so I get that question. They're like, Jackson, why, <laughs> why didn't you go to Houston Ballet all those years, like those two or three years that you were at Uptown? And, at the time I I didn't feel that I was ready for that that program for that jump yet. And I wanted a lot of personalized attention. So at Uptown I got that personal attention. And and you know what? Um I, I don't think a lot of people know this, but Uptown and Houston Ballet have a lot of connection together. Like we have their principal Karina Gonzalez, Rupert Edwards, one of their old principals, um, comes and does work and just helps with summer intensive and trains people like it's not just completely disconnected so I knew about Houston Ballet but it was I just wasn't ready to be honest and you know it it was the right decision because I needed that personalized training at 16 to help catch up that was really it like we needed that and I think that that's a thing that Absolutely. any any of you that are at a small studio now and you're looking at going to a big program I just want to reiterate that bigger is not always better and it's about your path and it's about what you need and so I don't think I think that anybody that's listening to this that is is in that transition from a small studio to a big a true pre-professional program I think should look within and and think to themselves, you know, am I ready? Am I ready for that? Because that's a step. And I think that there's definitely value in those small studios because you do get that personalized attention and it it helps out a lot.
0: I would say evaluate from within and examine what you want in a year-round program and what your goals are. And you want to try and align those with the year-round program that you're looking at.
1: Talk about Houston Ballet, summer intensive. So I did HB Summer um, right before my Texas Ballet um, Theater Studio Training Company season. I knew I was going, before I went to HB Summer, I knew I was going to Studio Training Company with um, Texas Ballet Theater. So HB is a great summer program. It is a lot of fun. I really thoroughly enjoyed it. I think that HB has is does a great job of having a intense intensive and having it still be fun at the same time. I think that they do very well at balancing that because I think that some people will find that some intensives it's it's either left or right meaning on the left side you have you have just fun. It was not really that intense. It was more about just like meeting new people. It's it, like summer camp, basically. And then on the right being having a really intense, intensive, I would say Ellison is a great example of that where, I mean, obviously you make friends, but it's really, really intense. It's about the dancing. People aren't, there's not a ton of events. People aren't just going out and like 4th of July events and stuff like that it's, it's more about the dancing. It's not really about like having a nice social summer camp or anything like that. So there was a lot of different classes and I, 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 I enjoyed having a final pro, uh, like a program performance at the very end. Um, and it was, I think it was great because we had a, like, there was a theater, a small like black box theater in the, like, first floor of Houston Ballet's facility and so it it was good and it gives it gives kids a thorough look at what being in the pre-professional program would be so HB Summer is honestly a it, it rates very high on my list. HB does a fantastic job of balancing that that social aspect to dance intensity aspect and I learned a lot and got to work with some, some great teachers. I mean, I got to work with Claudio and all those people that I'm sure plenty of people have heard about. Right.
0: (laughs) So that process of transitioning to Texas Valley theater, how did that all happen? Did you decide, like, how did you find out what Texas Valley theater was? Did you see an open audition? Tell me about that whole process.
1: So there was, um, there was a principal dancer at Texas Ballet Theater's named Andre Silva, and he would come to Uptown and he would give us master classes and he would do um, he would do pieces for any of our shows and whatnot. And he was really good friends with my artistic director, Miss um, Beth. And so I, they were always, I knew where he danced. I didn't know a lot about it until I did their professional company audition. So, I did their professional company audition this is before h b summer and whatnot. And after I got results back, they were like, "I'm sorry, like you can't be in the company, but we are still interested in you, and we want you for the studio training company." I ended up saying yes because they expressed um good interest in me because I was I was looking for a true pre-professional program before. Anyway, like that was already coming up next for me. I, was, I felt comfortable and was ready to move on to a bigger program and, and ultimately like get in line for making sure that I could secure a good job. You're, you're looking for the end game. You're not just joining this program just to get technique, but also you usually join so that you can not only put it on your resume, but hopefully join the company of the pre-professional program that you yeah.
0: joined. Yeah, I think that's a big thing, like going to somewhere that cares about you and likes you a lot.
1: Yes, yes, because and you'll get better training, you will feel better, you'll get more out of it. Yes, you need to make sure that those people that are up there are interested in you in the first place and you're not just going because the name, just because they tolerate you. You don't want people who just tolerate you, you want people who like you. Yeah. Because I mean, you're wasting I'm sorry, but you're wasting your time if you if you're doing it like that. And you're gonna want those the when it comes to time for contracts and whatnot. If you're if you're in contention, if you're at that level where you're being considered for one, you want to know that you're being considered for one. You don't want to be that person that's like it. it it's not there, right? Yeah. And I mean, I know that can be.
0: Yeah. I mean, with anything though, like ballet owned but like the process of like getting a job like you can't yeah you can't be like this is mine I'm getting yeah no I was
1: yeah absolutely I mean I was just about to be like the the uh, the double-edged sword to that the other side is like you could be asking like well I'm only 16 like how am I supposed to know that I'd be a favorite right that's not what I'm saying the point being is like it, it, at the end of the day, it is going to be unknown once you get up there, but it's, it's more about the journey in that pre-professional program, right? Say things don't work out. Okay. That's fine. You have it on your resume, but you know what you got was you got good training along the way. And you, you, you have, you were in a good mental state. You were good in a good emotional state. You were in a good physical state because those people cared about you and they expressed interest in you because they liked you. Absolutely. And that, that's the key part to it. And I think that's really important to remember as you're looking into a pre-professional program.
0: For sure. Okay, so you spent your STC year, studio company, year at Texas Ballet Theater.
1: Yes, under Ben Stevenson OBE.
0: (laughs) Yes. And then they offered you a company position before COVID or during COVID?
1: This was before i mean if you want to get technical i received my tech my physical contract during covid but i had i had verbal uh commitment um before covid right before literally i want to say it was two or three weeks before
0: yeah because i remember you calling me and you'll be like you will not believe what just happened and then (laughs) like covid happened and i was like you know
1: yeah Oh, my gosh! I cannot even tell you. I was so scared. I was like, "So does this mean I don't get a contract? Does this mean this that, and the other?" And then I got an email like probably a couple weeks later being like, "Hey, we haven't forgotten about you and I was like, "Oh my God, thank goodness right like i was still I was still getting a contract and whatnot so but yeah, I got it before Covid, and so I was happy with that, and I mean, I yeah. like
0: What's that process been like transitioning from a student to a professional? You have your own now. I you do on your own completely.
1: <laughs> yes, I am. Um, there's subtle differences that I've realized because you know ultimately I feel like I'm still in that transition. I mean, company life is different for for me and for honestly the company members who've been there for the past five plus seasons because I mean this is truly an anomaly like we've never had something like this happen to us and so um it kind of sucks that my first my first professional season or my first season as a professional has been under the under the wrath of COVID if you will right but um but the biggest I could say the biggest difference that I've seen is that you have to focus on what you need um it's not as much about showing out and being big and being like all right like i have to get this job it's not about making yourself a known entity right no not making yourself i would say like a favorite right not making yourself a favorite but but it's about it's about okay you're part of this big team now and you need to do your job to the best of your ability to help that team. And so part of what that is, is I mean the harsh reality is that in company life, you just don't get corrections as much. I mean, they don't, they expect you. I mean, if you're a professional now, if you're being paid for this, you are expected to have um, better technique, right? And you're expected to work. Um, with that comes higher support. Like now I have access to PT um, and I have health benefits and such, right? Which is, which is great. But you, when you're in the studio, that, that biggest thing that I've noticed is the, the lack of corrections. You have to, you have to work. It's, it's dependent upon you to to give yourself what you need. And it's dependent on you to uh, keep pushing because you know what, like I said earlier, once I had caught up, the work had only begun. Right. And I got into that next body of work. And then the second that I got my contract, I remember looking at it. I I read through it and I held it up and I was just like, (sighs) I just, I just, I did all that work to get this contract and I was so excited. I, I, I straight up cried the day that I got it. I was so excited. And cause it, it, that piece of paper represented that body of work and that commitment and that sacrifice that I put in to get it. And right when I signed it, I remember thinking, all right, we're at the starting line. It it started over again we here. We go again, you know, because right as you get right, right as you meet a new personal best, it's it's time to reach that new personal best. The bar is always elevating, and that's why that's I think that's part of what keeps the dancers coming back.
0: Okay, going back, YGP, how was that whole process for you?
1: I did. That was not the first competition. I should say attempt because I. I auditioned for Prix de Luzon, and then the second one that I auditioned for was the IBC um, in Jackson, Mississippi, ironically. I didn't get it. Um, it was, it hurt, because it was a reminder of that lack of experience that, that just, because at, at some point, there's just kind of like all you can do. Like, there's only so much you can do is what I mean. Like, I, I was dan- I was literally dancing seven days a week for multiple hours a day. I'd probably say at the height of that beginning training phase, I was doing, like, I want to say it was, like, 50 to 60 hours a week. It was ridiculous. It was insane. And it was a reminder of – it would it – anytime I felt like I was getting that i was I was starting to make it it was a humbling moment it was a no right like no getting told no is the most humbling thing like it, it is, really is it
0: really lights the fire within so much more than a yes oh my
1: goodness yes absolutely it, and and that's what it did every time was it, it it brought me back and i was like all right it's time to go back to work so fast forward to ygp this was last season my stc season um I actually wasn't I wasn't supposed to be I wasn't going to do YGp. it was mainly for the other girls that were in STC um and then I expressed an interest in it and they went for it because I mean you know me like I'm a competitor at heart I love to compete and yeah. so once I expressed an interest we ended up getting together a pot de and I did it with uh, Kenzie, her name's Kenzie, um, in STC last season, and we worked on it. It was Grandpa Questie, and we worked on it uh, probably, I'd say, about every day. Uh, we would just allot a time to work on it in the in the STC schedule. So we end up working on it, and it's going well. The YGP comes around, and I felt when I walked in, I felt a a huge, a redemption vendetta against myself. It was like a, this is my time to show to myself that I could be a competitor and I could get a yes, you know? And I I took the masterclass right beforehand. And I think that's what's great about YGP especially is those masterclasses are really good. And it gives you an opportunity to meet those those company members or directors or whatever it may be of other companies like i took my master class was with chris sellers from ballet west and i i encourage anybody who does YAGB definitely go do the master classes because they're going to be worth it because you can you get an amazing opportunity to meet and network and that is a huge thing in the dance world
0: and and honestly like go up to the teachers, go up to the directors, and ask questions. It's it's literally all it takes is 20 seconds of crazy courage to go up and say, hi, I'm Callie Kleeman. I'm really interested in your program.
1: Get on that radar, because yes. when you go to that audition, maybe even a year later, they would look at you and be like, I remember her.
0: In a room full of hundreds, and you're oh, the yeah. person that they remember because you went up to them.
1: Uh- Going back to the master class. Uh after it was done, uh I was competing that night. I was I was due to go on, I want to say at like 9 30, 10 PM. It was some it was something really late. Cause that I mean they always do the pause like last. Yeah. So I I go back to my hotel room. I'm just hanging out and I'm getting ready and I took a nap or something. I get back around i want to say six or seven so that i could warm up with my partner check on her um gentlemen boys listen up go check on your partner before ygp she may be freaking out give her a hug and be like hey tell her everything's gonna be okay because (laughs) that competition they've been sitting there watching that monitor and see all the other girls go and they're freaking out i checked on her i got in touch with my with my coach and was Just getting in the mental, getting in the zone, right? I get in the zone. We we end up going on probably, I want to say we're second to last. We go on second to last. We go do our thing. And I remember I get these moments of consciousness on stage when I'm dancing. Like it's a moment of I'm looking at the audience and I know exactly what's going on. Like I know where my hands are. I know where my girl is. And I'm just like, I can feel myself on the stage. Like, well, I can feel myself in the space. That's A so lot cool. On the I'm always
0: like, wait, how did I do? Like, was that okay? Like, I can never remember. <laughs> Shut up, I hate you. Oh my God, I put your extension cord in your room already, dude. <laughs> I'm just gonna arm cry. Here's G. Hey G. I was- What's up, girly? She started army crawling to get her. <laughs> her- oh, I
1: love your sunglasses.
0: They hold my hair back. I hate my haircut, So me every time you do a podcast, everybody's like, Hey guys, it's my bad. <laughs> she threw me a rice krispie treat earlier. <laughs> and time-
1: so I get off stage. We finish. It it ends up going well. I actually I, at the the very last thing, I end up doing my double tour to the knee, and. I put my hand down because I felt like I was going to fall. And I put my hand up for like half a second onto the floor and I have to catch my girl for the ending pose. I pop my hand down and I just go back up and I just finish with a smile on my face. I didn't think too much of it. I was like, and that's a big thing. Don't beat yourself up about those little things. And this is going to be a perfect example about that. It didn't matter because you know what? The next day we come back for awards and me and Kenzie ended up winning and it and and our score was even good enough to go to finals. We were on track. We were going to go to New York finals and it just goes to show you that it did not matter that I put my hand down or that one or little two things. Like we had, of course, we had a couple little mess ups and you know what? It reads bigger to you than it reads to everyone else and you should not bank your entire performance on those one or two little things because I mean, we ended up winning.
0: I've heard this that If you mess up, it's really not about the mess up. It's about how you come back from the mess up that is most important. And that's what
1: they're looking at. Absolutely. That was huge. Um, They, even when I got my score sheets back, not a single person said anything about that, about that, like blatant, like, because sometimes you can have a mess up that you know was a mess up, but didn't, wasn't a mess up. Like they wouldn't know. Well, it was a clear, it was a clear thing that I, I'd screwed up that final tour right then. And and i put my hand down because obviously I wasn't supposed to put my hand on to catch myself, right? We we ended up finishing strong because so I popped my hand down and I immediately made sure to catch my girl because if I hadn't caught my girl, I guarantee every, every one of my comments, I would have gotten a comment like, you have to, you got to make sure that you finish because you know what? A good dancer will always finish. Finishing is key. I
0: think we should head into the topic of Something that you brought to my attention, and something that you're really passionate about. You are yeah. an investor, <laughs> but you're also an entrepreneur, and you you always. I'm always like Jackson. Can you just chill out for a day, please? Like, have a veg day. You know what I mean? Um, but you you always have so much going on, and I think I that that is just part of your character, but it has also really helped you in the process of. Becoming a professional and you know, living on your own, and you know what I mean.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, one of my goals I had written down part of being myself and part of being a successful entrepreneur is about reaching those goals that you write down and identifying what they are. Um, so, I've always been into fashion, been in streetwear, and whatnot, and I wanted to start a it- clothing line and so i i went to a fabric store i bought a blank t-shirt and i drew something up on it and then i i embroidered it because i i had taught myself how to embroider and stitch and so i stitched my design into it and it's it's the two ghosts and there's like one wearing sunglasses because i'm really addicted to these cool pair of sunglasses that i have and i just thought they would be cool on this little ghost Right. So I put him on the ghost. I hold the shirt up, and I was like, "This is awesome, right?" And and I was like, "You know what? I should make a video about this." I go on TikTok. I have a TikTok account. It's J X X B A Y Y. Shameless plug. Um, <laughs> go follow it. You will see a lot of hilarious Grinch content and a lot of cringy stuff from me. You're welcome in advance. But I, I got a got I got a lot of good uh, responses from it, and people were like, "Where can I buy this?" And I took that as all right this is it because originally i thought i have to have a good fan base that i could sell this to i have to have a consumer to sell this to before i can before i can even make something and i i took that when i finally made it and put it out there and i got a good response i took that as a you don't need that you know what make it
0: your whole brand is like skipping steps and still getting wherever. honestly though that's so funny yeah you're right
1: skipping steps for real I should put that on a shirt or something like, because that that really is, has become who I am. Like I have been just skipping all these steps and whatnot. <laughs> I mean, don't skip crucial well, like, steps. The but
0: like normal steps that people. Yes.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I, I, I drew it up and I wrote it out and I wrote up a business model and I, I did some research for the parts. I just filled in the gaps that I didn't know. And I talked to people that I knew knew something about what what I was trying to do, and they helped me. And so it's it's in the development stages, but it'll be out soon, probably. Yeah. Um, if we don't hit any hit any bumps and whatnot.
0: I mean, that's um, exciting. But you're also like, I mean, this is one of your endeavors. You are also creating some other things, but you also invest in a lot of stock you know? And
1: yes, you, I do. We
0: have many conversations about that. <laughs>
1: yes, cuz they get they can get really technical and really mathematical very quick. Here's what I'll tell you. I I love ballet to to the end of the earth and back. And but a common problem that a lot of people will find is that there's not a lot of money to be had on a dancer's salary. I should say a beginner dancer salary because once you get up there, there's there's different there's different components to it. There's people who have patrons and whatnot who will have personal patrons, and so there are some principals and whatnot who can get paid a very well a very good living wage. But but having a financial having something to keep you on a safe financial path is always good, and I I've always been on the on the philosophy that we should always do more we should always push for that next thing it's about innovation it's about it's about pushing pushing society and pushing culture forward and so I didn't want to live on just my dance salary and so I I started to look into the stock market because my dad knew a lot about that he's a big corporate businessman and um he I had always grown up knowing about how the the money appreciation how the time will appreciate your money and how the stock market can be a great tool for that and I think that it's a great way to learn how the economy it's a it's a great entry point into how to learn what our u s economy is all about and and it's a good reflection of what the U S economy is doing and where it's going and whatnot. And you can, you can really just follow it very well that way. And so I saved up money and I was smart in the beginning and I saved up money and I, I did my research and I knew what I was doing before I put my money into the market and invested. it essentially just invested my money. Um, And I, I looked for the right time. And apparently, I mean, COVID there was some sort of pro with COVID and that was that, we entered into a very harsh bear market. They would call this in, the, in in market terms, they would call this a black swan event. That's what they called COVID was a black swan event. And when the, when the economy took a dive um, and stock and everything became cheap, I put a lot of my money in there. And so in the recovery of the economy and the recovery of all of America and the world, um, those stocks grow in value. And so every share that I have has grown to, I'd say double or even triple what I initially had it, had it, what I bought it for. And so that has been very good for me. And I think that it's always a very good financial play because stocks, people say stocks are gambling, but if you know what you're doing and you do long-term investing and you look at the statistics of a long-term and you, you don't even have to be a genius to invest. It's just, you just have to, you have to ride the course. You can't, there's no way to cheat. You can't, you can't look for returns the same day. You have to, you have to keep in and you have to stay persistent and you have to persevere through bear markets, meaning markets that are going down. And um, it, it has helped me financially and it has helped me just, keep on my path and just make sure that i have a, a a backup plan something to fall on in case in case something goes awry i mean covid we're in we're in we're in some dire times where there's companies that are closing people are getting laid off and it's not about dancing it's just about sometimes it's just about money like we just can't stay open we're not government funded in america so it's important to have a backup plan yeah, and I think that's important takeaway.
0: Financially stable is really important, especially right. Yeah. now, just like what you're saying. It's
1: and I'm still on my path. I'm nowhere near where I want to be, right? But, but I I've started, and I think that that's a big that's a big thing as well. Is just starting whatever it is that you want to do. This is about entrepreneurs. This is about investing. This is about whatever, right? Yeah. If you want to, if you want to get into something, the hardest part is to start. Yeah. You don't have to have everything perfect. You don't have to have it all, all your ducks in a line. If you want to start something, start it, and just go with it. As long as you are in, are persistent, and you are smart and innovative, and you, you work at it, then I believe that you will be successful at whatever it is. I mean, Absolutely. It's, it's always a great time to invest. They always say that the best time to invest is 10 years ago and the second best time is now
0: (laughs) it's funny well I think that also just stems from you being really interested and honestly you being like an entrepreneur since you were a very young kid (laughs) (laughs) Callie knows all
1: the all the little businesses that I've started over the years yeah oh my goodness yeah
0: A lot of this podcast has been like me asking questions that I already know the answer to, which is really funny. Who do you look up to and watch for inspiration?
1: Oh goodness. That's a good one. First of all, I want to, I think that one of the big people that I look up to is, his name is Friedman Vogel. He's a part of Stats of Ballet Berlin. Um, And I think that, a lot of it is not just the way that he dances, but I could really identify with him because he's tall, he's skinny. I mean, for for preface on this as well, I'm six two, almost six three, 160 pounds. So I'm I'm thin and I'm tall, and he's also thin and tall. And it you can't dance thin and tall like a short person. Yeah, that's you. You got to dance like you obviously, but but finding those dancers that you can identify with definitely helps. So I want to say him. And then there's a guy, there's a principal dancer. Um, and his name is, uh, Carl Coomer. And he's in Texas Ballet theater with us right now. And I get to work with him. I'm so very fortunate to be able to work with him, um, on a daily basis, usually when we're not in COVID. And he's been very amazing to work with. And I really do look up, look up to him as well as Andre, Andre Silva, who was, um, with texas ballet theater as well and who i've known for honestly the beginning of my ballet career and then and so then on the flip side for girls i really like isabella boylson obviously i mean she's she's a beautiful dancer and i love how she's able to express her personality because i feel like in a sea full of female dancers, I feel like she really does stand out um, amongst all of them. And her and Skylar Brandt, I think that she's great as well. Um, I'm trying to think as well, because I want to give a shout out, because I feel like everybody's going to pick just principals. And I want to shout out as well um, a girl that, Callie, you may know, actually. You know Melissa Chapsky? Yeah she was that she's an yeah, she's an Ellison graduate and we me and her have become pretty close actually as well we're just talking yeah. Yeah. recently about just ballet stuff cuz she's dealing with an injury right now but um early on I I remember seeing her at Ellison and talking to her just a handful of times and she had a lot of insightful things to say that had stuck with me through the years and so I want to shout out her um for the wise words that she gave me early on because she started her career before me. She's older than I am. I think she's older by like two or three years. Um, shout out, Melissa. We love you.
0: dream goals.
1: Uh, as far as big goals that I have, I have them written down actually somewhere. Uh, I have my one, as far as ballet goes, my biggest goal is probably to be a principal at a, what I would call, big company. Such as Houston Ballet as ABT, uh, such as maybe going overseas, going to Royal or something like that. That's a huge goal of mine. I would love to be a principal at a big company one day and just hit the big stage. Um, One of my other biggest goals is to go dance at the Marinsky. I've always seen pictures and I've seen it in movies, and it's just so iconic. And I just really love to go dance on the Mariinsky. Yeah, uh, I think it's a big. I think it's a big dream, and it's a big. It, and I think I need to work and make it happen. But it's gonna. It's gonna take time. It's gonna take work, and I'm gonna have to put that in. Your goals. I, I'm shooting. I'm really shooting for the stars here. <laughs> yeah, you are. If you're not shooting for the stars, I think that. Honestly, I think that you're wasting a little bit of your time. Like,
0: yeah. I think
1: that it's it's important to have relevant and attainable goals. I think that's very important. But I think that shooting for the stars is always the, always the best way to go. And you know what? Even if you miss it, you will have always reached higher than if you had shot for something lower.
0: Well, Jackson, thank you so much for being on Get to the Point this week.
1: Of course. I – thoroughly enjoy it um i appreciate everyone that's out there and i i want to express a um a big thank you to anybody who has supported me and i want to um give a word of encouragement to all of you that are listening with these hard times and with everything that's going on in the world especially in the ballet world because it's great it's greatly affecting us and i just want to give a word of encouragement to say to push on because you know what Hard times don't last, but strong people do. And you know what? Those strong people are going to be the ones that are going to get the contracts, the ones that are going to get the job, and they're going to be the ones that push the ballet world further. So if you're struggling right now, you keep persistent, push through, because at the end of the day, you will make it if you push through and you keep staying true to your path. 100%. I
0: mean, I, I needed that. You know, it's, it's
1: hard. <laughs> it is.
0: It's hard, and I'm in quarantine again, taking class in my dorm room. It's hard to remain persistent and, you know, continue on the path that you are on, you know? But with that being said, great advice. I just want to thank Jackson for helping us get to the point so you can decide what comes next for you. So please, tell your friends and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Don't forget to subscribe to the Callie Kleeman YouTube channel for the episode bonus content. You can even request guests or send me ideas. I'm here for you, and we're in this together. I'm Callie Kleeman, and you've been listening to Get to the Point. See you next week. Bye, guys.